0: We hope you've liked the taquitos you've been eating on your lunch break. Yes,
1: we're assuming. And that's a reference to a joke that was said about a couple minutes ago, but you probably didn't hear it unless you caught one of our tests. But anyway, we are glad that you're here. Of course, if you are listening via podcast and it is not Tuesday, January 8th, uh, you have no idea what we're talking about because you're you're listening to this like you would any other time. So, welcome to the podcast. We're glad that you're with us. We want to highlight a couple quick things about our mid-service, which we call Cow, CAL, which stands for Connect on Wednesday, and then we're going to jump into kind of the content of this weekend. So do want to draw your attention this Wednesday on January 8th to 2020. We are actually starting our new decade, our new year of Cal classes. Uh, It's something that we've done for a while, but we do have some new classes that are starting specifically one that I want to draw to your attention. And that's the Financial Peace University. It's a great class. This week's kind of like a preview week of what it will look like to be a part of that class. There is a financial cost to being a part of that, but I think that it's, it's well worth it. You get a ton of different curriculum and materials that go along with that. Um, and I am getting a thumbs up that we're sounding good and I think we're live. Thanks, so,
0: producer Christian. Hey,
1: thanks, everybody. Um, and Christian, you too. Appreciate it, buddy. So Financial Peace University, it's this starting this Wednesday. If you're interested in it, you can come on out. Even if you're not sure if you're interested in being a part of that, this is a great week to kind of check it out, to hear about what – you will do in that course and then you can kind of decide whether you wanna come back to it or not. So by all means, if you wanna stop by that one, we've also got a testimonies class that was started back in, in December, but you can jump in at any time that Testimonies class is going to be continuing this week as well as Teaching Through the Bible, which is one that's been ongoing as well. So yeah. any of these you can kind of jump in at any time. The Financial piece one might be a little bit of a different category because I think that is kind of builds upon itself. Yeah. Um, but you can hear more about that this week. Yeah, so, so
0: no fee this week. I think it's like 100 bucks. We have some right. scholarships available if that's the issue. Yeah. But uh, this week, you going to show up, kind of get a feel for it, see if you want to do that, and then register for the class after that. So just pop in.
1: Yeah. Yep. And as always, if you're interested, you know, Connect on Wednesdays, our midweek service there. We always do a meal at 530 to about 615. So you don't have to worry about, you know, rushing home from work and trying to get the kids fed and then trying to get here. We've always got kids program. We've always got youth programming that's happening. So um, come on out, suggest a donation for that food. Um, it's like five bucks each or something five bucks
0: adults, three dollars kids yeah,
1: so it's it's really just cheaper than out. taco Bell oh, it's for sure, and better, so anyway, want to encourage you to come out to Cow Connect on Wednesdays, but that is not really the main purpose of why we do this, so again, overtime is where we get to talk about the weekend services, anything that like didn't make it to the to the actual message, kind of where we can do a little bit of a deeper dive of that message, and this week we started a brand new series called This Is My Year. So, do you want to kind of give us the, uh, the rundown of what we, we started this past week?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, new series, uh, new book of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, so, um, we are unapologetically biblical here. I love reading the Bible, love talking about it, and man, it's so beneficial to our lives. And yep. I think it, the, the more we can color around that and help people see it, the better it is. And so, I uh, kind of how it works is we typically go through... Kind of a portion of Scripture is like uh, during the Christmas series, we we're looking at just a few portions of Scripture. And Luke, we've been through Genesis, we've been through Exodus. So, yeah. Um, so as we, we've been through the book of Acts, and so as we kind of have thought through this year, um, one of the things that we do at our church is uh, because we send kiddos to kid zone. You don't have to. You can bring your kids with you. But we do have kids ministry, about 150 kids each week. And yeah. um, some of the reason for that is growing up as a pastor's kid, and what I learned to do was – be still, be quiet, and be, and find a way to not be bored in church, which meant, you know, coloring, yeah. drawing, doing math, or whatever it is. So I just learned how to be quiet for an hour and learn or get nothing, right? And so. I Don't want to do that, I want your kids to be able to understand what's going on and so not that they can't in the church service, but there's just something really valuable about being right. able to be around their peers and right. learn the same scriptures and so what right. we do is what we teach on Sundays and Saturdays in the sanctuary in our worship services the kids are, are getting a the kind of the same material same book in that um and uh and kid zone. and so the curriculum we use is the gospel project and Really neat how they I do it for kids. They point to the gospel, even the Old Testament. They're always talking about how Jesus is hero, Jesus is savior. And right. so, as I was kind of sorting through the new year and trying to imagine some different books, and different things we should look at, I was just working through the curriculum and thought, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't have ever taught a series on Judges. I've mean, taught you know ten years now, but never taught a, a series on Judges. And so, thought I started looking through and go, oh man, this is really good stuff. And yet, you wouldn't think about it for a brand new series in a brand new year. You, right. you know, like a. Uh, kind of it's kind of a comfortable say probably shouldn't but oh well um Typically in the beginning of the year, there's like sexy series, like yeah. because people are maybe coming back to church for the first time or interested in church, It's kind of like a kind of uptick in attendance. And so they do it on marriage or sex or finances or right. whatever. Kind of like, those like, hot topic you know, issues, yeah. right? So it's was like, oh, the book of Judges, <laughs> that's where I want to <laughs> yeah, go to church. Yeah, that's But as, you, but it, as I started awesome. looking through it, and I yeah. just thought, oh my goodness, I, I so identify with the story because the story of the whole book of Judges is about a people group similar to us who we're interested in the possibility of a God, right? That's where most of us would be. Not all of us, but the majority of us, at least the ones in our church, but even the ones showing up this week or next week are going, God, if you do exist, we'd be interested in hearing from you. And uh, so the book of Judges kind of focuses on the people group, the Israelites, who hmm. have a, a pseudo-relationship with the God of the universe, right? Hmm. They – think he's there they sometimes see him as provision and protection but for the most part as long as they feel comfort and security they're happy and so kind of their pattern is they would see all the hope and possibility with God and then when God didn't come through in the way that they wanted to or in the time that they wanted him to they'd go okay Jesus you no longer take the will or God you no longer take the will you can be my (laughs) co-pilot get that bumper sticker off your card God can you imagine how (laughs) offensive that is to God I drive but just in case I gotta pee God gets to come in right So we tell God he could be the co-pilot, and, no, we got it from here. We'll take over the reins, and essentially what happens is God gets angry. That's what you Mm -hmm. see over and over again, chapter to chapter in the books of Genesis. There's this this cycle of apostasy or cycle of sin that just happens, and so they go, God, we got it from here, and God gets angry. The same way you would get angry if your kids chose to— Go do something that would cause them pain and suffering, right. and and their arrogance—they thought it'd be good for them. So what God does is He goes, "Okay, you can have your way." He turns them over to their desires. He literally said so they could not resist them anymore, right? And then as the natural consequence of that is they feel pain. It's mm-hmm. like when you go to that one of those smorgasbord places in Lancaster and you eat all that food, and then you go, "I'm gonna get dessert. I've already paid for it. I should get some more dessert." And then an hour later, you're going, "What was I thinking, right?" right. The very thing you thought was gonna really satisfy you now is making you feel sick. That's what gluttony right. and. Neod- Addiction. that's what those things do and so what you see with these Israelites is they go God we got from here he removes his protection removes his provision removes his security uh, removes all his connection comfort all those things and they kind of get to have their own life and then what what transpires every single time similar to us is uh, there's pain involved hmm. the very things we thought were going to be the thing is that that was going to give us so much worth is the very thing that makes us feel worth less. and right. so um, in their pain they get in distress and they cry out to God they cry out to God, and the book of Judges is really, really neat. God sends in a rescuer every single time. There's 12 different times this happens. And all the rescuers look a lot like this um, the, the initial rescuer of the, of the Israelites, Joshua, who sent them into the promised land. He delivered right. them into a new place. So these 12 different judges would come in, and they delivered them out of their pain and sorrow. They would get salvation. And for a brief moment, while these judges were providing guardrails, providing accountability, reminding them who God was, they would stay focused on God. But the minute they would die, 12 different times, yeah. the minute they would die, then they would go right back into their mess. Right. And right. so the the picture was, can't we see that cycle, the cycle of, we're so excited about the new year. Yeah. We think this is our year. Like this is the kind of the, that I did the series. This is my year. And the dreamer's are like, this is my year. And the realists are like, yeah, you said that last year. And is it possible that maybe, maybe this is the year we can look back and, and go, ha, huh, that was my year, right? You mm-hmm. start seeing the memes and the Facebook stuff on at the end of 2019, last month or so, where everybody's just saying, good riddance of 2019. Right. We're so ready for 2020. Well, wouldn't it be beautiful if at the end of 2020 we didn't go, I'm so ready for this year to be over. Instead, we go, this was an awesome year. Yeah. So is that possible? Well, maybe if we can see this cycle that happens for people and get out of the cycle and break the cycle – then perhaps this could be our year and perhaps yeah. our decade and it's a place filled with possibility. And so that was kind of what we shaped and hoped. And I think yeah. if you didn't listen to the message, I'm not gonna do a very good job here of trying to re preach it. So I would I would recommend, particularly yeah. if those of you who are part of our church going, oh, I'm ready to really, really dial in in 2020 i think it sets a pretty good framework for our year
1: yeah so i feel like i have a couple questions yeah. with that one one is kind of a repeat of uh, like i said this we had some technical difficulties so i already asked this but so is as we look through the rest of this series so it's a five-week series um, pretty much because I, I know this already. The first week is usually the setup. It's kind of setting up the big idea and kind of preparing and us. You know, for usually the, the longest. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. as we do this, are we going to look at, like, case studies? Or is it more the big picture of kind of looking at the sin cycle? And, and I don't mean to, you know, make you answer anything
0: that you're trying to save for weeks later. But... No, no, no. If you listen to this, you're you're one of the good ones, so I'm going to tell you (laughs) what's going to happen here. And so what we did see that kind of a a small glimpse of hope, right? Which is what kind of the the bigger idea of all the big ideas is like the minute we walk away from the idea of believing something that's possible, it's no longer true, right? Right. If you believe it's not possible, then it will not be. So there is something beautiful about God bringing these Israelites into a land and going— Look at the possibilities. And there's so much joy and excitement. And it's like in your marriage or the reason you buy lottery tickets is you buy one because you think it's actually possible you can win. You actually are serving so hard in your relationship right now and working so hard because you think it's possible that your marriage can be reconciled restored. You are working so hard in your job right now because you think it's possible that you could get a, a an increase in pay or a promotion. And yeah. when those things no longer are possible, okay, someone else gets the job, nope, you didn't get the raise, no, you didn't get the bonus, watch what happens to your demeanor, hmm. watch what happens to your work ethic, watch how you respond to your spouse when you no longer, longer think it's possible for you guys to have a fruitful and happy yeah. marriage. Yeah. So, the, the loss of possibility is the death of a dream yeah. every single time. And so, what's really, really important is that we see what's possible. And so, We see a glimpse of how it could be when it's possible when this judge lives. But here's the problem. The judges always die. Right, that's right. So then you go, well, is there no possibility? And then we got to see a really small glimpse of a, in the, at the end of the sermon where we see an Israelite, Joseph, who would have grown up with a story of, in the line of David. Mm-hmm. He finds out that his wife-to-be is pregnant, Mary, mm-hmm. and he goes, nope, not possible. So he comes up with his own plan. Nope, God, watch out. Let me drive. Right. And then this angel comes up to him and goes, no, 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 listen, it is possible. And here's not only is it possible and plausible, it is a reality. Right. So that's how it starts. It starts with, do I think it's it's possible do i believe it's possible like is it possible okay do i believe it's possible and then it goes from do i believe it's possible do i believe it's likely and then it goes to do i believe it's likely to i this is this is god's word yeah. so in this quick trans you know transition for joseph with the angel it goes from hey i don't he said he's contemplating divorce but then you know then he has this conversation with the angel and the angel says your wife to be Mary will give birth to a son right And you will name him Jesus. No, he would not have heard the word Jesus. He would have heard the word Joshua because Joshua is the Hebrew for the Greek Jesus. Right. And it says because he will save them. Right. His people from their sin. So he's known about the judges who saved people from their captivity, from their oppression, that you know, the, the bad kingdoms. And the
1: Israelites would have looked at Joshua as the last like great leader, right? That's right. He led them into yeah. the
0: beautiful promised land. And since then they're going, We need kings like Joshua. We need judges like Joshua. We right. need prophets like Joshua. You know, he was the he was the one who said, Consecrate yourself for tomorrow, right. the, the Lord's gonna do amazing things. That's possibility. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so they were looking for that. And so when Joseph would have heard that, he'd have gone, he is gonna send a rescuer. Right, right. He is going to send a deliverer. But when he would have heard that, he would have said, Is he gonna save us from the Roman government? Yeah. Is he gonna save us from poverty? Is he gonna save us from oppression? Is he gonna save us from the no, he's gonna save us from what? Yeah. Right. Our sins. And right. there we get the whole picture of the sin cycle. The picture of this. And then we realize our enemy's not our spouse, or our job, or whatever it is out there. Our enemy's not the right wing or the left wing or the whoever's, you know, on the ballot yeah. box. That's not our enemy. The, the worst enemy you and I have is ourselves. Yeah. The person who speaks to you the most in the most negative light is yourself. <laughs> the person who causes you the most pain yeah. is you. And so now all of a sudden we have this beautiful picture that this Savior who comes to save is going to save us from that our sins. And yeah. what's really beautiful about this is all the other judges— they brought this hope of possibility and they got all excited, but then the judges would die and it says they went back and and it got worse and worse and worse. Right. The one thing that's different about Jesus than every other judge, he doesn't die. Right. Even when they killed him, he came right back to life. That's and right. so if that's the case, then now all of a sudden we have a rescuer and a deliverer who never ends. Yes. Uh-huh. And if he, like the judge in the in the old testament, were there to guide them and care for them for as long as they live, then what does that say about our rescuer and deliverer and how long we get to do that for? Right. right. If he is a turtle. Then perhaps yeah. it's possible that we get to live in that for eternity. So that's the big idea. And now we're going to see these different judges. who are going to give okay. us a glimpse. But here is it's a really um, neat book, and you'll hear more about this on Sunday by a guy, a guy named Carlos Whitaker. Yeah, he's a, got a big uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram following. He was a worship and service programming director guy at North Point, um, and he, and he writes a book called "Kill the Spider." Okay, okay, you're getting way too much fear here to get Sunday. But in the book, The Kill the Spider." It was this kind of this parable his dad told him, that you can go and you can clean out the spider webs as much as you want to, right? Keep cleaning and we'll keep cleaning. But what's going to happen? They're going to come back. Right. Unless. Unless you kill the spider. Right. Unless you kill the very thing that's creating the web. Right. Then you're just going to keep having the same thing. So the issue isn't cleaning out the webs, which is what we do every year. Yeah. It's that you actually have to kill the thing that's creating the web, yeah, and creating the chaos, and ca- creating the snares and the traps. So what you're going to see, gosh, I'm giving you way too much in the this week. <laughs> what you're going to see is you're going to see these judges show up, but you know what they do? First one in particular is such a gross, disturbing story, and it's so opposite of the rules of engagement, which is you're supposed to leave the 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 the, the, the great men alone. The old men, they send the young people off to die, right, okay. and war. And what you see is you see this judge go right at after this obese king and it literally says he stabs him
1: yeah.
0: a foot and a half into his stomach with his left hand and, the, and the, the sword breaks off into this guy and it never even gets to the rest of his body because that's all fat foot and a half and then he dies of this infection literally this infection invades his body and he dies so what does the judge do to free the people he kills the spider yeah. so part of this is trying to go okay what is it that if, if sin's no longer our master if Jesus has come to save us from our sins what is that spider that's hmm. crawling around her life? So yeah, oh, keep coming. So that's not enough are, not to show up. Yeah, there there's a preview. Ain't that pretty neat though? Yeah, pretty, that that is pretty, pretty neat. cool.
1: Yeah. I do. So kind of jumping back to this, I I might be kind of reversing a little bit as I hit the microphone. Um, might be reversing a little bit in the the message. And basically, you talked about in the beginning. Maybe it was even the setup as you're talking about the new year. You you kind of boiled people down to two two categories i love doing that i love love
0: (laughs) man i love being a reductionist because those people are the ones that are fun to talk to.
1: yeah so you basically said that when it comes to new year's resolutions and just maybe in general there's kind of two groups there's the dreamers and then there's the realists. the
0: wows and the hows yeah
1: that's right and so even in this though as you're talking what i'm hearing is that if we become it sounds as if what we need to do is is still be a dreamer, when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to what He's He said He's going to do, if we get to a point where we're the the realist, um, then maybe we start to miss out what God has for us. Like, am, am I hearing that correctly? No, I
0: don't want to. You know, I wouldn't. I don't want to. I'm a, I'm a dreamer, so yeah. I don't want to celebrate the dreamer because what the dreamer needs is focus. Yeah, right. Focus, not on all the other stuff. Like, what what I'd like for them to see about possibility is. What does God think is possible? That's the question, yeah, right? right? What does God think is possible? So I'm, I'm actually rather to address both the dreamer and the realist. Hey, dreamer, what does God thinks possible in your life? Focus on that. Yeah. Hey, realist, no, 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 you don't think it's possible. That's fine. That's fine. You have every reason not to think it's possible, particularly if you've had been let down, messed it up. So I'm not asking you what you think is possible because you go, nothing, right? So hey, dreamer, dreamer, we're not talking about all the other things, all your good ideas, all your cute stuff, all the different plans. What do you think that God thinks is possible for you? Latch onto that. Yeah, right. Latch on that. Hey, realist, realist, don't shut this down because this isn't about what you think is possible. Right. What do you think God thinks is possible? So in both ways, it kind of – one way, it kind of narrows the focus. The other way, it kind of opens the door. Right, so right. like you imagine like this big, wide gate, what both of them need. One of them has this gate that's completely closed. And that question prized the gate open a little bit for the realist to go, I didn't think that was possible. Joseph, yeah. Joseph, 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 you're a realist. That's not yeah. possible, right? Yeah. But it is possible. Yeah. So that's what Mary says. Well, nothing's impossible for God. She responds. Nothing, you know, and he goes, I don't know. You got a dreamer or a realist right there in the room together, right? Yeah. She treasures and ponders things. He goes, I'm not sure, right? So for both of them, it's kind of like these – imagine an elevator doors, right? One of them's going, ah, can I just get enough of a crack to kind of slip through? Yeah. And the other person going, okay, I just need to focus where I know exactly where I'm supposed to mm-hmm. go. So it just depends on your lens there of going focus yeah. or possibility. I, I f-
1: And I think – i 've had time to think about yeah. this, and I think it depends on what it is. I feel like I can play both sides yeah. of the fence of dreamer to realist. I would guess my default is probably more the realist i 'm more okay well how like I just I think that that 's how my mind works let 's figure out how how to get that and how to process and how to figure that out. Yet, yeah, you're a,
0: like, uh, we talk about this, you're a, uh, let me get my ducks in a row. And I'm yeah. like, I'm going to go get find the ducks. Yeah. Let me go get some more ducks. That's right. And I'm I'll going, bring them to you. But I'll go find the ducks. And I'm
1: going, how many ducks? Yeah, I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know yet. Depends <laughs> what kind of deal I can get. Yeah. So I think that, I think yeah. I really like that picture of it because it's not, a, like, I think what changes for me is when I'm thinking through my lens or through the question of what you're saying, yeah. what does God think is possible yeah. in you for this year? And then, then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I can't. I don't want to narrow that down. I don't want to kind of put God in a box and say, here's what he can do. Because time and time again, he blows that box up uh, yeah. you know, and changes everything that
0: I'm thinking. So the dreamer is like, does he really want you to get that new Corvette? Yeah. God thinks everything's possible. <laughs> oh, he wants you to buy the Corvette? Yeah. well that sounds like fun too, right? For the realist that's going, have you limited what God could do? So it really, yeah. I, I hope what it shapes is, what God thinks is possible is things that create kingdom movements yeah right so we're not all right we're not all left we're alt kingdom right like yeah. if we think of ourselves politically we should be alternate kingdom we live right. in a right. we we're aiming for an alternate alternate kingdom so so i like i don't i don't like c.s lewis i mean i like him i don't like chronicles and Narnia and any of that kind of stuff but what we're imagining is a different land we're imagining if you open up you know the wardrobe what does god thinks possible there mm-hmm. and so it takes us it takes should take our focus to an alternate kingdom and in the alternate yeah. kingdom some of the things that we dream about they really don't matter. Yeah, right. And some of the things that we think are impossible really, really are. So it really does kind of help shape and focus that... and distill that to, okay, this is about what God thinks is possible, which means it's for his kingdom and his glory. So it should start shaping what I dream about in a different way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, so. if I if I can ask this question, this is uh, – so basically when we record this, it's on Tuesdays, um, generally about midday. Today it's a little later than midday. But um, generally what happens is on Tuesday we have staff meetings and we kind of talk as a staff. One of the things that you spoke about, and, and I mean, talk to this whatever level you yeah. want to, but you had said – and not that you didn't say it. On, over the weekend on Sunday or Saturday, but really in staff, this is the first staff that we've done as in, in the new year, yeah. um, talked about kind of the year of possibility. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as you kind of connect maybe a little bit of, of what the series, what we're talking about, but also a little bit of the vision of the church, is there anything there that you kind of want to Work through. I'm not sure. I don't feel like we talked about specifics. I feel like that's what the conversation was—is kind of possibilities. Like, what does God want to do? What does that look like? And and I think that we're trying to figure that out. And and really excited about the new year. But is there anything there? I don't, I don't know. Just give you an yeah. opportunity to talk about. Yeah. Vision. So I'd,
0: I'd consider that even on the after I went and got a soda and drove over. How much does I share with the I mean whole church body with this is those of you who are pretty invested once you to have access here. Um. So I struggle with anxiety. I Have. My entire life, I can remember being first grade, Christmas Eve, feeling absurdly anxious, just could not okay. sleep. Like not about the Christmas, just something else. Like, I couldn't, just felt this oppression. It's just always kind of been part of my life, and so I got I got to manage that. With exercise, you know, not good thinking, all those kind of things. When I my foot's paralyzed, I haven't been able to use it in seven months. So uh, that that's led to a little bit of disappointment and anxiety. I haven't been able to exercise the way like to play basketball that kind of stuff and right, right. so as that kind of happens for me i would just point to last quarter of 2020 19 uh being uh a circumstantial depression like if if anxiety is not managed for me i, I get really really tired i get really, really really tired i get slightly paranoid Um, not like in a schizophrenic way just part of the struggle and and then if that's not managed, I, I get a little uh, a little depressed and just through some circumstances that are going on in my life, just how life happens, uh, October, November, and December would be probably the, as I think about being an adult, probably one of the darkest periods. Not like, I, well, I wouldn't say suicidal, but I mean, I, my thoughts weren't good. And um, when I get there, I, I wonder if I should be a pastor because obviously pastors should have lots of faith and you know, uh, through some conversations and relationships, just just felt a lot of oppression and battle. And it's not the first time and I don't wanna to go too much into my whole family history, family of origin stuff. But what's natural for the people that I've grown up with, the people around me in life, it it just was easier to just go do the next thing. Okay. When this no longer feels possible, let me just go to the next possibility. So I think I've shared with you guys in the past, like the place that I escaped to is a land of possibility as it relates to new jobs, new resumes, what right, could be next. Right. And so I, I, I feel myself, particularly in November, um, beginning of December, going, Maybe I just shouldn't do this anymore. Maybe maybe the pressure and the oppression and all that kind of stuff is because I'm a pastor. If I had a different job working a nonprofit, go back into the secular world, whatever that is, then I wouldn't feel the the pain and pressure of, of this stuff, right? And I just have a history. I know lots of people in my family lineage who have a history of just moving to the next thing, right? Okay, this is painful. This doesn't sound like fun. I don't want to push past the dip. I'm not even sure it's possible to push past the dip. So therefore, let's just go to the next thing, right? Next thing. And so just have a history of going to the next thing. Multiple colleges, multiple basketball teams, whatever it is, just the next thing. And okay. so I was sharing with um, some of our elders, some close guys, just going, hey, this is one of those places that I just, just want just to bow out. I want to escape. I want to refine my resume and, and then telling them that I, did, I don't think God wanted me to do that. I, want him, I think you want me to push through, climb the mountain, see the other side. And I was just saying to them, I've never seen the other side. Hmm. So I've had some really incredible experience in my life, but I've never seen the other side of that because when it seemed like it was no longer possible, I just went and found a new possibility. Right, right. And so I just sharing with them about that, that situation. And um, well, yeah. And so and one of the things I've just said in that is, man, man we look forward to seeing what what, what the possibilities are. Yeah. Like, you know, and that just, I was just gravitated that, like, huh, how about that? I don't really even know what's on the other side. Yeah. And so instead of being in this darkness in this valley, it's like, I cannot see over that mountain, but there is something over that mountain. Right, and so, right. so it's like, what does it look like to actually push through and go, I don't know what's possible, but I know that God thinks something that's possible. And I know there's something on the other side of this journey that he has for me and right, so, right. or has for our church. And so it just seemed, with the, the pain, suffering, and all that kind of stuff, it just kind of was walking through of going, I think – I think there's something on the other side of this, and what kept me there, going there, was that small little light of the possibility of what God could be doing. Hmm. So, okay, I don't know what God thinks is possible in 2020, but it's better than what I've been thinking was possible. Right, right. Because right? I was saying, ah, it's not even possible. I can not even participate in that because I am so overwhelmed. The no. weight of this is too heavy. Whatever, God, I can't carry this cup. Whatever, not like in the, he was asking me to down a cross or you know anything, right. but so it just— That idea that I've never actually seen the other side of the mountain and pushed through, and I have tons of grit and seen that on multiple levels and a ton of things, but not to the level of, God, I I believe you're calling this church to Mm -hmm. and calling me to to be a leader worth following and figure out all that stuff and help our church figure all that out collectively. And even the spiritual warfare that comes with that is like, I just would rather bow out and rather protect my family from that too. Nope. I think that God has something for our church, and it makes sense that we would climb over the mountain. And... I finally feel like I'm right there at the top and feel like I've just, you know, climbed through all this muck and mire. And I'm not completely out of the, the clouds, right? And I just feel like the sky's starting to open up on the other side and going, I don't, like, I, there, um, you probably never saw Flintstones or the Jetsons, but there's oh, like yeah. this, I know the Flintstones this, a Jetsons. journey to Shangri La or something like that. It's like this land that they get to one of the times. Maybe they, I don't, I mean, the Shangri La, this place in Flintstone land, it's like, I feel like that's where I'm almost to. And it's like, I can't quite see it yet. But the possibilities just seem really, really real. Hmm. And the salvation that God offers and the freedom from sin and bondage just seems really, really tangible. Like, I don't know. I didn't believe it was possible, but I believe God thinks it's possible. Right, right. So, as a result, there's just kind of just been this new reinvigoration of just, I don't know, some excitement I haven't seen because I ha- there's been very few lands that I haven't seen before. Yeah. I've started coffee shops. We've done movie theaters, you know? Like right, right. we've done I've done Saturday night services. We've launched small groups. We've done midweek so a lot of this stuff is just reinvesting in the stewardship of what I've just have seen God do over and over again. Right. You know, like yeah, it's just been part of the journey. How do we get a good steward of all the space? How do we build walking traps? Like that just seems like the natural progression of just what I've always known and seen. And so there just seems to be this this Veil being pulled back of just a completely different mm. world that's available to our church and community. And yeah. so all of that is kind of shaping the cycle that I've kind of experienced. And right. uh, okay, God, let me just take back over the will. And seeing it for an entire group of people and wanting our group of people to break the cycle. Like, right. let's not be the Israelites. Let's not do this for our kids. Let's let's not bow out. Let's not flee. Let's not take the will back. Let's actually model what it's like to go, no, no, no. We have a perfect judge right, right. who is going to free us and deliver us from all these things. And so, anyway, that's where kind of the last three months have been trying to sort through. What is okay. it that God wants me to teach our folks? and. Well, the idea of, yes, God wants to take new territory through us. But before he does that, he's just got to take some new territory in us. Right, and right. so there's just some territories in my life I didn't even know existed that I felt like he's just kind of permeating. So. Yeah,
1: I feel like this morning as we're sitting mm-hmm. in, in staff and talking about, you know, yeah. some ideas or the possibilities of things is that I could sense that yeah. excitement, that like— yeah. Uh, if you if you can't really tell, Josh is a pretty passionate person. So when he starts talking about some ideas, like just coming to life, yeah. um, and really it's infectious in yeah. the sense that everybody else, like I feel like we all caught on and we're going, yeah, man, yeah. this could be the year that God is going to do so much more than we could ever think or imagine. And why not? Like if God is God and he's all powerful and he can do all things yeah. and he desires for his name to be glorified, then maybe this is the place that he wants yeah, to Yeah, why do not it. 2020? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Why so, not right
0: in the middle of... Uh, almost a hundred-year-old church. Yeah, you know? so
1: it, it's exciting. We're excited to see what God yeah. does. Um, as we are kind of going through this, um, I do want to remind everybody that's watching or listening, uh, if you have questions, please submit them. We'd love... For you guys to help shape what this yeah, looks please. like what this this pretty much hour-long um, podcast looks like on tuesdays so if you have questions about the the series that we're on if you have questions just kind of in general in life you, you know anything that you want to kind of bring up you can either email us at overtime at clcfamily.church or if you're here on a weekend service you can just fill out kind of the back of a bulletin bulletin looks something like that um, and then just drop that question in the offering baskets on your way out um we do have one question that i i guess i'll jump in and ask this one i think that um it's it's written in a little bit different format so i think that the question here is uh they were making a statement that says it's possible that all men are saved in the name of jesus but the question is, is what changes um the entirety of mankind from continuing to live on the wheel. Um, and I'll show you that question if you want to see that. I, I think that I'm explaining that one correctly. It wasn't just worded out. It was, it was formatted a little bit different. So if I don't have that correct yeah. um, and you're listening.
0: Drop please, us an email. Yeah, drop us it, an yeah.
1: email. Let me know if that's my mistake. Yeah. I apologize.
0: Yeah, so here's a lie that you can get off the wheel. It's mm-hmm. a lie like, that we can just somehow, in it's a wheel. Sorry, I don't know. I, I call it a <laughs> wheel. But it's not a wheel. How do you I, say it? A, wheel. Wheel. A wheel. But that sounds very Southern. Wheel. Like,
1: uh, you were saying it, but I didn't want to, th- like, is he saying wheel? I'm, I'm pretty sure he's saying wheel, but it, yeah. it sounded like wheel. That's why I
0: use the word cycle, you know? Because <laughs> I can't say the word heel either. That's why I said climb the okay. mountain. Probably okay. not a mountain, but I can't say heel. Because I don't know if it's heel. Like, I don't know if I, I say heel. that my dog or a, a horse stops, you know? like <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, so I don't think you... Um, we are. That's just so funny. Like you read the book of Ecclesiastes, and it just feels like this More exhaustion of right just now. this never-ending hamster wheel, wheel. You know, <laughs> like this ball that you just keep on and on and on. And we think, and we've been told, and we read the books to say, work hard enough, try hard enough, you can get yourself off of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Onto what? You know, like <laughs> right. so. Onto what? You know, like what? What? What are you gonna do then? So, you got two different pieces. One is going, how do you get off of it, and when you get off of it, what are you actually getting onto? Yeah. So, it's like saying, I want to get off this lifeboat so I can get on a different boat, but where's that boat heading, right? right? And so, you got this whole idea of going, okay, we can fix ourselves from this. And what ends up happening for a lot of us is we focus so much on fixing that one thing that we finally get freedom of that one thing or a little bit of space in that one thing. And then we just realize there's a whole bunch of other things, right? That's why I like this premise of kill the spider. Yeah. Because, like, I can clean the... I can clean the spider webs here. I can go rest. And I come back and like, where'd those come from? Like, So this is this never-ending thing. And so ultimately, this is where I think we got to ask the question, what does God think is possible? Like, what does he think is possible? Because yeah. what he thinks is possible is not what's possible with us. Like, I personally, and you can disagree with me here, and I know some secularist humanists who might, that would say, I personally don't think you can get yourself off the wheel. I don't I don't think you can get yourself off of it. I don't think you can fix yourself. I think we are way too damaged and way too broken. You no, know, we might find some good coping mechanisms mm. that are better than our bad coping mechanisms. Yeah. But to what end? Yeah. But to what end? So that we can make more money? So that we can sleep a little better, so that we can, you know, give more money to the library or, you know, give it to do, get in library. Do, do they library exist name. anymore? They do. They do oh, in, okay. in colleges like you can actually still put your name on those things if you wow. get enough money, right? Okay. So, is that to so what end, I think, is the really important thing. So I was going, can you get yourself off the wheel? And it's like, you may think you can. Yeah. And this is where I don't want to sound arrogant. It's not like I know any better. Right. Now, I'll tell you, I move at a fast pace and a lot to things and process a ton of information all the time. And I, I would say, I mean, I got, I did the higher education thing, did the sports thing, found you know some success and all that stuff. And yet… I'm still just as broken and it is a never ending process to not be. And what I find hope in is not that I can find freedom in who I am and get some fixing. It's that I can be released from captivity to participate in what God's called me to. Mm. So there is this piece of, in order to get off the wheel, one, you need someone to release you from that. Mm -hmm. Right? So it says in Galatians, it's for freedom that Christ sets you free. So, you get freedom, but there 's a reason you get freedom, and it 's for freedom right, right. and so there's this there's this mission and motive we have to participate in, and I still think what you see with the Israelites is they miss that piece yeah. they think the whole plan is help me get off the wheel, yeah until a new one comes until the person dies until someone else can 't keep that accountability software and stay on you, and then it 's just the next thing, so the goal isn 't getting off the wheel right. The goal was getting into the life that God has for you. So there's this uh, this idea in Romans that Paul goes, it's not that God gets you out of this. It's that he gets you into a new life. So I think the better question is, if it's not a wheel you're supposed to be riding on, then what is it you're supposed to be in? Hmm. And that's where I think the idea of what does God think is possible is so important. Because this is all about an alternative kingdom. Yeah, It's not just about getting... Some freedom and some relief in the kingdom you're in. It's about literally stepping into a different world. Yeah. And here's the problem with that. The reason Jesus says to come and tells us he saves us from our sins, the very thing that keeps us out of God's kingdom is our sin. Yeah. So we have two different pieces. Here. One, we have to be forgiven and released from our sin, right? Which is what Jesus does. But then we can't live in that anymore. There's actually this new way of living that we have to walk into, which means we have to start – breaking agreements with all these things we've already felt like all the beliefs i've already had all the things i said were never a possibility all the things i thought were never possible we have to start breaking agreements with the lies that we have told ourselves and our parents have told us and our grandparents have told them and our bosses have told us this isn't just about we need some freedom from alleviation of the pain Mm. because that's what the israelites did they just wanted to be alleviated from their pain yeah and the minute they got enough freedom from their pain then they went back to either a new pain and usually a pain that was even worse, right? To yeah. You know what scripture said. So, uh, to kind of recap, as I'm talking and processing out loud, one, it's not about the wheel. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, th- let's let's identify the cycle, right? But let's identify the the reason that you're on the cycle is because the wheels on that bus. That are going round and round are not a bus we, we should be on. Hmm. So, therefore, what should we be in, right? Yeah. Which is the body of Christ. So, what Jesus comes to do is he comes to free us from our sins. And how does God implement a way by which we're freed from it? He first forgives us and cleanses us from all our righteousness. And then he gives us a new bus to ride on. And the bus he gave us to ride on was this church. Yeah. So there's just some beautiful part of how all this is going to play out. Going, no, no, no. He came to save the day. And then he came to invite us into his kingdom to go invade the, the broken kingdoms of this world together to be able to pursue this. So I don't think you can find freedom by just getting off the wheel. I think you actually have to figure out what you're going to attach yourself to. Yeah. And I would say you attach yourself to Christ, and Christ is attached to his bride. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to figure it out, then you have to tether yourself to Christ. And if you want to figure out where Christ is, crisis with his bride right mm-hmm. so if you are going to look for me somewhere now you haven't seen me in a while in fact this happens sometimes when people can't get in touch with me when they can't get in touch with me, which is often my phone stays on do not disturb uh, i just got i can't inundated. get in touch yeah. with you <laughs> i got inundated with text calls it's really overwhelming it's my fault i gave my number out to everybody to the point where it's just meaningless right so what do people do if they can't get in touch with me but they need me poor julie <laughs> right they text julie they call julie they like my parents, my parents. So is that
1: what I should do next time? No, you shouldn't. I don't even know if I have so. Julie's number, but
0: maybe I should. <laughs> so, that's so it. Inevitably, <laughs> inevitably, like I'll be driving down the road, and mom, dad, sorry if you're watching this, and I don't like to talk on the phone in front of other people. I just don't like it. So I'll be driving down the road. My wife will be in the passenger The kids will be in the car, and my phone will start ringing, and we're listening to Pandora or whatever, and I just won't answer. And it was my parents when it inevitably happened. It will stop ringing, and immediately jo- Julie's phone will start ringing right <laughs> because it just makes sense. I can't get in touch with Josh, so yeah. Why? Because she's my bride, right? And so that's just how that works. And so you want to be attached to Christ, go well, after him. Yeah. When he says it doesn't seem like you can find him, yeah, go after the bride. And yeah. so I think <laughs> that's the picture. So how do you get off the wheel? You ask Jesus to, to save you. Yeah, yeah.
1: I've, I feel like this is unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. But as you were talking, I, I thought back, I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, when you're talking about the difference between, you know, wanting a stress-free life, but also wanting to do something significant. significant. That, that was this week, like, too. A was lot that material. this week? Oh, my gosh, oh, a lot of material. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I was like, I, I didn't write it in my notes, so it must have been two weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, so even that just kind of plays it well. Of course, it, then that's part of why I'm thinking it. It's because you talked about it this week. I feel like that plays a part of that that cycle. Like, I don't know what I can do significant if it's not attached to the per- purpose and the person of Jesus yeah. Christ. Like. I don't know what type of mark or legacy I can leave because it's not about me. And then, yeah, I just think that that cycle kind of plays a lot into that. So,
0: Yeah, I think it's kingdom. I think we've lost sight of the alternate kingdom that God makes available to us. And that's why C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, these guys try to give us this fantasy land where we can at least get a better glimpse of the kingdom because it's so hard to imagine an alternate Alternative kingdom right here, and that's really hard for us because yeah. how do we help our kids live in that? Because boy, are they going to get shunned? Yeah, are they going to get made fun of? You know, there's already the battle yeah. for their kids, and so we have the struggle of we want to live differently. We we understand we live in this world, but we are not of this world. So how yeah. do we right. operate with this? And then you go, well, but my kids do too, and then uh, there again lies the need to have a church family that doesn't think this is weird. yeah. That they have right. a bunch of friends that are also chasing after the same thing. Right. right? And so there's just so much value in community. So first yeah. and foremost, Christ is the one who saves us from our sins. Yeah. He's the one who forgives us. He says, it's okay. Yeah. God is faithful and just. And because you've confessed them, I will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Right? You are forgiven. So that yeah. first piece is, you are forgiven. And this is the piece. And this is, uh, I do want to talk a little bit more, and I'll do it for the next four weeks too. So um, what Jesus does, he saves us from our sin, which means... When you think about what the judges do, they save them from their oppressor. Right. The reason they have to save them from an oppressor is because the oppressor is the master. Right. Right. And so, what happens in that moment, you kill the master, you kill the spider, you no longer have that master. So, now you are freed from that. And so, what Jesus said to come to save us from sin, meaning sin inside of us, those things that we don't want to do, which all of us have, they actually control and lead us. Yeah. So, we think they're our master. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, in order to actually get it, you go, no, Jesus saved me from that. That is no longer our master. Mm-hmm. But that feels really uncomfortable. And the way that I usually describe it is imagine, I don't know, you adopt an orphan in uh, Uganda. Okay. So, you, uh, and some of you are like, oh, Uganda, you got to wait a couple of years, you can't do that. Congo, wherever. Let me just say it. Imagine you go and adopt an orphan there, right? And then you bring them back to your hotel or whatever it is. And someone from that orphanage comes and knocks on the door that night after paperwork sign, all that kind of stuff, and starts giving your child orders. What's that child going to do? Right. It's going to do what that person did. Right. right. Now imagine you bring them back to the United States, and somehow that same master over there comes a month later and knocks on the door. What's that child going to do? Right. Still going to respond, but a little bit more hesitantly. Yeah. Now play that down the road five years from now. Yeah. That same guy from the orphanage is going to come tell that child what to do, and that child's going to look at that person and go, I don't know you. Yeah. Right, so the reality is, we go, we are, we confess our sins, we're, we're we're freed from it, but yet it still feels like a master. Right, and the reason being is because for your entire life it was your master. Right, right. And again, I'm preaching the sermon for this week, but just the entire <laughs> life it, it, it was your master. So we yeah. have to kind of figure out a way to go. No, no, sin, you are no longer my master. Jesus is Lord, and Jesus has a plan. And the the place where that plays out the best is in. An alternative kingdom, yeah, with the church. But yeah, sorry. so uh,
1: as you talk through this, one of the things uh, one I for me I highlighted, uh, you know, that question: What does God think is possible in your yeah. life? I think that's a good question to continue to ask myself. Whether it's a new year, whether yeah. it's March, whether it's, whether it's you new know morning. November, it yeah. doesn't matter. Um, but then there was something else that you said. You said they forgot that there was a possibility that God could do the impossible, yeah. and I thought that that was really good because I feel like. You weren't specifically, I don't remember what or who you were specifically talking about, but I feel like you were talking about me. And oh, yeah. many times in my life, that's exactly where I find myself, yeah. where I'm i am going through life and I'm just forgetting that I serve a God that can do the impossible. And when I think about it and when I'm told that, it's like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. i have I remember all that he's done, but how do we get to a point where maybe we are— we're more focused, like kind of what you're talking about. How do we live into the point where we know when that old master comes or when the impossible or what we think is impossible, how do we begin to look at that as it is possible or this is not my master? How, what are some of the ways that we can do that more? How do we live more into that? idea?
0: Yeah. So I'm not good at this. Um There's a reason I'm not good at it because I'm always forward thinking and forward looking. Okay. Right. And so. Every new hill, hill, mountain is one I want to take. And it seems like the Israelites had a plan for this, and yet I want to explain how they didn't do the plan. But there's this moment before they're crossing it, and and they're setting up these kind of these monuments, these 12 different stones, right? So there is something about pausing Hmm. and setting, you know, like even when we sing, uh, come thou Fount." We sing that line. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Right yeah. there's this, this understanding that they would set up these Ebenezer stones, like this. This and that word literally means hitherto the Lord brought us through, or something like okay. that, right? Um, and so there's this idea that what they would do in the Old Testament would be that they would make monuments and declare. Goodness, and so mm-hmm. what's interesting is our country has monuments. They're getting torn down all the time because we're seeing the brokenness of people, and it's it, it's really complicated. It really is. I understand the complications of it. So we understand the idea of that, but uh, but those aren't God's providence. Those are just right. we celebrate, you know, mere mortals, right. and because we celebrate mere mortals, the the monuments keep getting torn down because they were mere mortals, right? right and so there right. is something that the Israelites did that I do think is important that we do, which is at some point we pause. Mm. And identify the goodness that God did. like, mm. And we give God That's credit good. for it. And we don't just say it. We figure out a way to mark it down. Yeah. Right? And then we share it with those that come behind us. Yeah. And honestly, I'm just not good at that. I'm not yeah. good at talking. I mean, I try to talk about our church history. But I'm more talking about what we can learn from it than I am going... This is the shoulders of the saints. Yeah. Or this is the shoulders of the saints that are saints' of shoulders that we stand on, however you say that, right? And so I do think there's something important about reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness in the yeah. past. Yeah. Like I look at my three kids, and they were all miracles. They're miracles, and yet they drive me insane, <laughs> right? And so it's like, well, they're miracles. Like yeah, they right. are monuments to God's goodness and faithfulness. Right. But I'm so busy and caught up in the, this thing. So I think there's just something about – pausing and setting reminders for ourselves yeah. of what god and are always done already done so i'm not a prayer journal person but i could see where this would be beneficial to go oh six months ago i prayed that prayer yeah, and so right. i was looking back at this because this is about 10 years old i don't usually use that use a smaller one but i was looking back towards like some different people i'd prayed over and mm. different things i would talked about different staff that i would led and just like looking back at that and seeing where it's so neat when i was a church planner all the staff are college students okay. but then they all got married to each other and moved away. <laughs> and they're doing glorious things for the Lord. Okay, But I couldn't see it then. I was so yeah. angry. I'm like, guys, I served you and cared for you, and we were going to change just the world trained right here. you. And yeah. then you just left, right? But now then, they're raising their own families and yeah. making huge impacts across the globe, yeah. right? And so I get to go back and go, ah, oh, see, God, you're just faithful. You're faithful. But unless we actually pause and mark that down and identify it, I think we just forget it. Yeah. So that's why I always jab that's people good. and say, look, the very things that... You're frustrated by now where answers to your prayers are you're like, yeah, all of us yeah. live in a house that we wanted God to give us. Yeah. Not all of us, but the majority of us. And yet yeah. here we are, this poor house, and now we want the next one, right? Yeah. So we just forget about God's faithfulness, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's good because I, at least I can relate to that because I'm yeah. I'm similar boat where I'm just, you know, I'm always usually on to the next thing. And uh, when I pause and reflect, it's easy to remember oh, God's no. goodness. It's easy to remember what he's done. But the problem is, is, very few times I feel like do I actually pause and reflect?
0: Yeah, so there's that that Hebrew word in the in the Psalms, a selah. Yeah, but we don't really know what it means, no. which makes sense <laughs> yeah. because it, I mean it's like this, it's like this weird pause of reflection and amen and agreement, but. We can't really figure it out. It's like somehow that word got washed away after with the Israelites. Yeah. Like, well, what does that mean? The, you know, the oh, Romans know. and Greeks come in. Don't have time to for that. <laughs> Forget it. You got time to lean. You got time to clean. You know, like, and so it is kind of interesting to think about, like, even that word in the yeah, Hebrew. We don't, that is funny. So maybe perhaps it's just that. Maybe yeah. it's just pausing and thinking for a moment of the goodness of God and our gratitude towards that. By the way, yeah. there's no scientific evidence that that rewires your brain yeah so when we talk about repentance, which is renewing your mind, changing the way you think, part of the problems in the way we think is all this damage we've done, just scan addiction and brain images and pain and trauma and brain images. Our brains look horrific hmm. I mean it is you know like twenty thirty years ago, they started showing you the lungs of yeah, people, right. and it changed people's viewing of smoking. You should see what it is now with brains hmm. I mean, the the brain image is out there. And so what they are identifying is grieving along with other people. The church is a beautiful part of this. And gratitude are things that actually rewire your brain. And so, it's amazing. If nothing else, if nothing else, what if it's possible that just your gratitude is right. how God decides... To rewire your brain and give you new life in that.
1: Yeah. So. so if you don't believe it, and you don't believe in Jesus. Try it for yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how that. No, goes. it's not possible. You're right. Maybe <laughs> yeah. say it's not possible.
1: Uh, so as we were reading through this, and I feel like I've read Judges multiple times. Yeah. Like I, I can't say that it's probably one of my favorite books. I do, you know, really love the story of Gideon. As I'm assuming that we'll get oh, to. Oh my gosh, can't wait to um, Gideon. But so, and I don't want to give it anything away. But as I read through it, verse 23 of of uh, chapter one really stood out to me. I'm trying to find it right here so I don't misquote it and you were talking about specifically in that sin cycle so again for those of you that maybe didn't hear it or just to recap you talk about it was like possibility what is possible with god and then there's a rebellion then god gets angry there's a pain in that because we start to get when god removes his blessing and his 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 protection there's pain in that and then a repentance and a salvation so it's in that sin cycle that you were talking about that pain and verse 23 said said this it says the Lord had allowed those nations to remain he did not drive them out at once by giving them into the hands of Joshua and I just as I was reading through that I'm going it's not something that I I feel like I know it but at the same time I heard it maybe for the first time again Of going man God really used these nations to bring about I don't I don't even want to call it punishment because it wasn't punishment he God brought about his will by a nation that didn't follow him to correct the nation that did follow him. So I just thought that that was incredible as we read through it. For some reason, that struck me of going, man, God is so good that he would use those that don't belong to him to correct those or not even correct. Like, as we're talking about that sin cycle, it's they got what they wanted, right? Like, it was the choose, the choosing, the walking away from God. It was... Them in their circumstances, that God uses this this other nation to bring about this ultimately what lead, would lead to their you know repentance and then yeah. turning back to God. Yeah,
0: well, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I talked about this a little bit more during the ten o'clock service or ten forty five service mainly because there's there's no bookend on that one. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, so sorry, guys, that was a long one. Um, but you know, we hate pain. We love love, yeah. But I don't know that there's many feelings we get that are a greater gift than pain. Hmm. Like, get pain is a genuine gift. Like, yeah. like right now, my son has a broken arm. We <laughs> poor guy, he broke it on January first. Don't bug him about it. He won't like talking about it. Um, playing tackle football in his yard with you know, barbarians. And, uh, <laughs> so he's got a broke arm. And, also neighbors. Uh, yes. Yeah. That that's right. Mean? Yeah. And so, uh, which is awesome. I'm glad that you're going to do that. It's good for him. Um, but, uh, so that was on the first and he's been saying it's hurt. Like he's it's trying pretty to It's tough things. though, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So finally we go to the doctor yesterday cause he had a checkup. So it's like, why well, go early if we can see yeah, maybe in yeah. his brain? And they went and had us, um, do, uh, uh, an x-ray we found out last night and so But the thing is is for most of the week he hasn't been doing the things he normally does because mm-hmm. his right hand shooting basketball playing things occasionally he's tried to play for a second like uh they had the, the student ministry new year's party and they're yeah. playing gaga ball and he loves that game and four square and he would go to hit and it hurt him so mm-hmm. bad like so like he just couldn't do those things but it's good because if he had have kept doing those things yeah he just would have done a lot more damage yeah, that's right that's true so pain is just Insight into that mm. something's really wrong, yeah. That's all it is like pain in your body is because there's something wrong with your body, and if you ignore it long enough, it'll do more damage. Trust me, like I am yeah. a, a walking example of that right now. And so, pain is actually a gift, mm. and our response to pain is really, really important, right? And so, it's maybe one of the greatest um awareness tools we have, maybe yeah. the greatest awareness tool that we've been given is pain. Pain, like nothing else, causes us to pay attention, yeah, and so. When you think about eternity being at stake and about abundance of a good life and joy and family lineages and generational curses and all these things, broken promises, all these things, like what we need is a an awakening, yeah. right? And there's nothing that awakes our mind like pain, right? And so it is a really, really, really good gift for us, and we – Avoid it at all costs. Yeah. So we're going. We want no awareness. Right. We want no awareness. Take it away. Give me the pill. Give me the bottle. Give me right. the injection. We want no awareness of our broken state. Yeah. Right. I mean, no shot. I think I mean, if I'm a, if I listen, if I'm having a baby, I always joke about. It, it's not painful during childbirth. I'm telling you, I am walking in. I can't have a baby. I, you know, I don't have you know, I'm odor, uh, ovaries, any of that kind of stuff. So anyway, off topic. <laughs> So, but that's I a bonus. would listen, I, bonus would, content right I there. would walk in backwards into the, like into the emergency room. My, my shirt would be pulled up and there would be an X marking the spot of exactly where they should put that needle immediately. Like, I mean, I would be like, create some kind of gurney or wheel where that's the first thing they see. And I want them to meet me. Like I can imagine the pain, right? and it's actually an awareness of the brokenness of our state hmm. that that deep pain is that we're trying to figure out any way we can numb any kind of pain yeah so all sorts of pain you look at our world and you see the damage in it what we're actually doing is we're numbing pain hmm. and yet this is a whole other sermon i wish i could have preached it and yet it is the very thing that awakens us yeah right right like you. stirs it, it, us yeah to like, action yeah to it's do like something. it's yeah. the very thing that finally calls us to some kind of change and yet we avoid it at all costs. Yeah, so you read the scriptures and you can go, Well, that's meaning to God. You can go, What a gracious gift that He is sending mm-hmm. sirens and bullhorns, allowing He literally created our bodies in a way to understand that they were broken. Yeah, right? Like we don't need someone else to tell us that we know when something's wrong because we feel pain. Yeah, so the more we, you know, numb that pain the more we are aware, unaware of our bronchitis and the greater the damage.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. It's hard to wrap your mind around the idea of pain being good. Oh, right? it's a great gift in that like, light. Yeah, In that light, it's like, yeah, that makes complete yeah. sense. But no one's ever been in the middle of pain going, man, this is good. Thanks. This is yeah. good. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. this. This means that there's something off. Yeah. Like, I'm thankful. Yeah. It, so it's just it's hard. But it, at the same time, I wonder what it would look like to be able to do that, to yeah. go – Okay, there's something off, and this is God moving and showing me and working in my life. And yeah. I wonder, I just, I, it's almost so unfathomable for me that I, I just wonder what that would look like. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll be able to experience that, but so yeah. far my track record isn't isn't that yeah. direction. But um, yeah, uh, just looking at the time, we've we've got a few more minutes. Um, I don't think I had any more questions, or if I do. Um, I'm not seeing him right now. So I guess just always like to ask the yeah. question, was there anything that was left out or anything additional that you wanted to talk about or didn't get to over the weekend?
0: Yes, yeah, so I want to talk about pain a good bit. I'm glad that we got to come back to that. Um, one of the things that I did have in my notes that I never got back to in all three of the sermons, so as I was reading through it, you know, it goes through 23, what you just read. yeah. And then I I, I wanted to go back and kind of pause on verse 17 and frankly, time just didn't a lot for it, and it wasn't pressing there, but it wasn't my notes um so I think it's important probably to, to go, okay, God, what'd you have here even right. if it's for this podcast and so verse seventeen it says this, yet they would not listen to their judges, hmm. but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them hmm. that word prostitute is so overwhelmed, like they literally yeah. like you think about the damage of what that does, like selling that part of you, like they literally sold that very part of them, their soul, their right, connection right. their. You know, uh apostasized themselves to other gods and worship them, and it says they quickly turned from their ways of their ancestors, who had b- been obedient to the Lord's commands. Hmm. So what we see here is we see two, we kind of see a contrast yeah. between the people who obey God yeah. and His commands, and the ones who didn't listen to the judge. So you go, Well, what was it the judge was saying? Because that's what they they says they don't obey the command. So We don't get all that insight, at least not here in the beginning. So you're going, what is it they're saying? Like, what is it they're saying? And I think, I think, I think, I think they have to be saying, like, what if God thinks it's possible for you not to live in this cycle anymore? Mm. Like, what if God actually thinks it's possible for that pain you're in to actually subside? Like, what if God thinks it's possible that there is actually a better kingdom and a better way and it's not available to you in the future after you die, but it's available now? What if that's actually possible? Mm. And so it just seemed they go, nah, you know, like, (laughs) they just learned that they didn't listen to it. Like, they couldn't even considerate so I just think it makes sense and so we see the picture we see that they just do it for generations but we do see that God is preparing and showing them that there is a better way to live it. and so yeah. by the way there are moments of really great prosperity for these guys right? so, sometimes it lasted 80 years Right. so like there are times that this judge just kept them focused yeah. right and I'm going but hey the way that they behaved didn't just set the foundation for their life when they got to the experience it also set up for their kids and grandkids
1: right right
0: so, like, what would it look like for us to go, what does God think's possible for us and how would our behavior now and walk in that possibility affect generations? Hmm. Right? We are dealing with the effects of generations as it relates to the family. Yeah. We just are. Yeah. One in every two kids are born without a dad in their home. That's not a oh yeah. I mean it, it's an indictment on our culture hmm. and on the the amount of value we don't see in fatherhood right, right? like it's just oh, that doesn't really matter right that's just going no god is calling us to be men if yeah. we're men right and be fathers who lead our kids and families well and we have just advocated that so it's like yeah. at some point we have to look up and go particularly those of you who are dropping off kids every week like we have a responsibility to lead our kids in this way so they don't look up in a generation and go Nah, we didn't really think God did anything, right? The reason that this generation didn't, that's feeling this, didn't think it is because their parents didn't give credit to God or live a life or represent that kind of thing. This is what God does. This is God's faithfulness and goodness. I just think you're going to hear me beat this drum in 2020, and it's not because we we met budget, largest attendances we've had yet. I mean, really, some beautiful stuff. But there is just something about coming together as a community to remind each other of God's goodness and God's faithfulness. So I would say. Do whatever you can Saturday or Sunday and Wednesday to get your family into this community so that we can figure this out together. Mm-hmm. And if you're having any trouble on Saturday and Sunday, let us know. I mean, I'm, I am not opposed to Friday night service, a, you know, a Monday evening service, whatever it is that we think is the best way for a church body to get together and remind each other of God's faithfulness. And stay committed to the Lord's commands. You're going, what if I don't know the Lord's commands? That's all we do around here. Yeah is open up the Bible and talk about what he's calling us to. Yeah. So it would be really beautiful for us to get to do that together. Yeah, That's, That's what awesome. I would say.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us. Good job. we got about like One minute left. Nice. Look at that. So, So uh, thank you for joining us. Yes, so efficient. So, (laughs) thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, Just a reminder: if you're listening to this via uh, the website, or if you're listening to this via Facebook, you can get us uh, on podcasts as well. So that's through the iTunes Store or Apple. You can get that through your podcast. You can also get that through Spotify. Um, A couple other kind of.
0: And if you're listening and you go, I'd actually like to watch it. Yeah, uh, maybe that that's right. works well to you. you can actually just go back to our website, clcfamily.church, click on media, and you'll see the overtime videos, yeah. sermon videos, ser- sermon audio, all that's actually uh, cataloged Yeah, so we as well. post
1: that audio, we post that video yep. there, but then you can also get it through podcasts. So yep. yeah, clcfamily.church for pretty much all the podcast yep. search, and then church slash media for yep. pretty much the video and audio, and you can also find the messages and everything else yep. there. So uh, we hope you guys have a great week. We hope you have a fantastic New Year and start believing that this is the year of possibility, that God can do incredible things, and why not this year? Yep. So thanks for joining us. We hope you have a great week, and hope to see you tomorrow night at Cal. Perfect.